Hello and welcome to a more laid-back episode of The Virtual Pub, the podcast that recreates the pub almost exactly as you remember it before this pandemic. Just a bunch of mates moaning about utter pricks in their lives, sharing some good news and doing either terribly or surprisingly better than you'd imagine in a pub quiz, all while having a couple of pints. Now, before I introduce you to everybody else, I would first of all like to give my thoughts and prayers to the people of Beirut. Uh, the news broke today of the insane explosion. You've probably seen it across Twitter and the numbers of casualties and the num numbers of deaths coming out from these stories is just horrifying. So thoughts and prayers from this tiny podcast to anybody affected by that crisis at this moment. And as I said at the top, this is going to be quite a different episode. So think of this like as leo quite nicely described as the equivalent of finding a quiet corner in the pub to go for a quick pint with your mate so with that in mind i'll introduce you to everybody around the table i'm jason england i am drinking a circadian ipa from ringwood brewery it's it's super weird it's got like a warthog on the bottle that's posing provocatively super strange and this week, I learnt while streaming on the hottest day of the year, which you can find me on twitch.tv slash Mr. Jason England, in a really cheap shit Hawaiian shirt, that the dye of the fabric can run and actually leave imprints on your skin. I woke up after the stream on a Friday night with an imprint of a palm tree on my beer gut and a palm leaf on my lower back, like a classic tramp stamp. It was a rather fascinating thing to wake up to. Cool. So I'm Dan Dolby. Um, I missed last week because uh, things came up because, you know, as life does tend to get in the way of everything. Hence why uh, we've kind of got a dialed down version of the show tonight. Um, I'm currently drinking a cup of green tea because I'm that guy in the pub today that decides he's going to do that. Um, I've had a pretty uneventful week of it, to be honest. Like, other than getting into an argument with an Uber driver because he took me to the wrong place and... Um, not knowing what a carpet cleaner looked like and which had somewhat hilarious consequences when I thought it was just a bottle and came back from the shop with the wrong thing. And that happened about two hours ago. It's been pretty uneventful just uh, carrying on getting by and looking forward to getting back on here and talking to everybody. How did the Uber driver go to the wrong place? Like surely that's all laid out in the map. You think so, but it was Uber Eats to be fair. Oh, okay, right. But fair again, right. it's all laid out of a map and they have a sat nav, but apparently taking a simple right turn down the street was too difficult. <laughs> so where did your food go to then? I, I, I wish I knew. I got it again. I had to reorder it and get a, I had to reorder it and got a refund and stuff, but God knows. I hope whoever got my McDonald's enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm Leo Lanzoni, and this week I am actually drinking. I am drinking a nice cold can of Red Stripe. Whoop, whoop. Oof, oof. Which I hope is not going to affect my infusion tomorrow. But it's at one o'clock, so it should be fine, I think. Uh, Your infusion? I'm, yes, because I have drugs on the regular. Nice. The ones that keep me healthy and alive, I hope. But no, yeah, um, not been up to much. I've started my holiday this week from work. Uh, that's it, really. Can't really stretch it out. Nothing's been happening, just work. I'm hoping to meet up with... Some people this week for the first time that aren't family or people I work with or customers in the shop. So it's going to be outside. I'm not ready kind of yet to 
maybe sit anywhere inside. But I'll have my mask on. Baby steps is what I like to call it. Yeah. Yeah. So now that we are all formally introduced and this episode, given that there's three of us, will go a bit quicker. Uh, We don't necessarily want to waste your time with as many quick ad breaks that we normally do. So we're going to barrel straight on into Pick a Prick. It's time time to pick a prick. Pick a prick. This is our chance to have a good old bitch about anyone or anything that's happened in the news or in our lives this week. And we kick off with Leo. Hello. Yes, I'm sorry that it has to be this particular gentleman again, but my prick this week is Boris Johnson. So, mm. yes, let's get it out. Because he's a horrid <laughs> human being. So, yes, he is advertising for an official spokesperson with a, a wage in the range of £100,000 a year, which would be taxpayers' money to do a job that he could do himself, but he just can't be bothered. This is someone who's going to front the government response in, you know, press conferences like they've been doing during the pandemic because uh, the government feels that they were well-received and there was always good ratings. I don't know we're talking about ratings, but that's because we were all (laughs) fucking scared shitless and we wanted as much information we could get, even though it was from the fucking government that didn't know their arse on their elbow. So, yes, this is another facet of his role as the leader of the country that he does not want to do. It's leader in all but name. And it it just is infuriating me that him maybe fronting these himself come the October and the autumn Mm. would give us a good time to scrutinise him in public. Makes me so angry that he just wants to like not do anything. Like I googled, so I know some people have compiled what things he hasn't been doing during the pandemic. Whether it was going on holiday instead of going to Cobra meetings, and I even like I put into Google what Boris Johnson hasn't done since becoming PM, and it came up. It said showing results for what Boris Johnson has done since becoming PM. Do you want to search instead for what you actually wanted to search for? It's like, well, come on, this is a bit strange. So I said, oh, put in again, what Boris Johnson has it done since election win 2019? And again, it changed my hasn't or has. Like, well, <laughs> something very fishy is going on there if you can't look up the failings of the current prime minister. And there was no, I couldn't even find, because it was a series of tweets this person does and like, you know, tried to order PPE from Turkey and it was shit PPE so it was a waste of money you know the government has given contracts of 30 million to like a sweet shop for PPE or you know what stuff shit like they've done that and I can't I couldn't find this compiling so it's why won't he <laughs> just fucking take it like a man you know he's even like won't apologize for not apologizing for all the failings that have happened for 60,000 deaths, probably, you know, because they've stopped telling us how many people are dying now per day yep. and how many cases there are. The graphs have gone. It's just like, just, we all probably respect him a bit more if he was just, I don't know, actually, that's a, that's a tall, 
tall order that is to actually respect. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think, Stark, I don't think yeah. there's anything he could do that maybe respect him at all. So. No, no. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know whether this person will be somebody already known to the to the, the general public. I mean, just imagine if it's fucking like, I don't know, Dermot O'Leary or some fucking stupid celebrity <laughs> to be the face of the government, to <laughs> to be that kind of gap. And obviously it's just going to be... And then that's the thing. I've got a feeling, obviously, you know, I know the US government have had press secretaries that, you know, be the mouthpiece for years. But, you know, it's it's that kind of totalitarian state where we, you know, the, this press officer will just tell you what the government wants us to, you know, hear. And slightly scary that it might go down that route that there won't even be questions from the media just be this face on the tv saying you know and it you know the tv will just turn on and it's just a face every day going <laughs> you know yeah yeah that's um sorry i've just um you've reminded me one of the um clients that i work with in my job of uh restaurant digital marketing there was a video of it seems to be like the thing that a lot of um, places are doing recently that a Tory MP is just appearing outside a restaurant or pub in their local constituency saying, oh, hi, I am here doing this because of Eat Out to Help Out and don't forget to join in sort of thing. One of my clients, Robert Jenrick, oh, came out from his hole wherever he was <laughs> to appear in front of this pub and tell everybody to come and save 50%. And it's like, have you not made enough money off Richard Desmond's back, you absolute yeah. prick? <laughs> Then you just got like the chancellor fucking with his thumbs up outside like an electrical shop. And, like, all these people go, oh yes, I'm going to buy something. Yes, like, I normally have the butler do it for me, but actually I'm in a shop now and I don't actually carry money with me. So I'll have to give you an IOU. <laughs> I do like how much more unhinged we've become in the toy bashing now that the more centrist people on the podcast are not here this week. Yeah, oh, fuck, yes. yeah. <laughs> fuck them all. Kill the rich. <laughs> to your points there, Leo, with um, Boris Johnson, like it's um, it's always baffled me when people talk about ratings to begin with. Like, it's a fucking government broadcast. Of course, it's going to be high rate. Like the um, metric shouldn't be oh, we've got a lot of viewers because you're not exactly going to be like oh, okay, we're going to put like a two minute ad break. In the minute of in the middle of this fucking briefing, you just give me a horrible premonition. Just product placement. You know. <laughs> what? Sponsored, just a... <laughs> press, press conference sponsored by Carling. <laughs> just a just kind there. of Carling on his plinth. On his plinth, yeah, awesome. <laughs> He's wearing fucking Primarni suits. No, I hope it doesn't go like this. I really hope. I mean, what else? Yeah. What else could go wrong this year? And to be fair, don't ask that question. Oh. Why would you ask? <laughs> I know. So, Jason, I've uh, gone off on one. It's time for you to pick a prick. And much like you, my friend, I'm going to continue the Tory bashing. It seems like news in the political sphere kind of passes by a million miles an hour at the moment. And that makes it easy to miss the small stories and the small turns of phrases, the small conversations that are far more critical than they first appear. 
they're like a Twitter trend for two minutes and every toy stays silent about it or they say, oh, I haven't seen this at all or I haven't heard of anybody say this and then it's forgotten. But I don't forget. And I pick the MP for Calder Valley, Craig Whitaker, for blaming BAME people, black and minority ethnic people, for the recent increased transmission of COVID-19. Craig was clear in highlighting in his interview of LBC that he was blaming the immigrant and Asian population for, and I quote, not taking the pandemic seriously. So I say to you, Craig, you pompous prick, stop blaming black people, Asian people and immigrants for something we are all responsible for. Like, I didn't see you or any of your ilk complaining about all the white people flocking beaches, throwing social distancing out the fucking window on VE Day and in pubs and refusing to wear a mask in shops because it's an affront to their civil liberties. What this is, in a nutshell, is racism. But to explain to you, since I assume you'll take offence, and like most people who are accused of being racist, will stand back and say, well, I didn't call anyone names, I didn't say anything bad like that. Dividing us and trying to point the blame at a minority group of people is just a top example of that institutional racism that every single Tory that I know says doesn't exist. They condemn minority ethnicities, but not the, but not the majority. So, fuck you, Craig Whittaker. You absolute piece of shit. Can't, can't really add anything to that, really. Like, <laughs> dude's an arsehole. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, I can, I can see, say that, like, on Twitter, I saw a comparison of the way things were reported. So there was a, a funeral at a mosque that had 200 people, 250 people at it, and everyone was raging about that. And then Jack Charlton's funeral procession there was like thousands lining the street and that was kind of reported in a a more nicer light than this funeral and it's like jesus christ can't you not see it people that and everyone's like oh yeah well it's not the same it was outside no there's still a crowd of people all crammed together not wearing masks all cramps together yeah yeah exactly and it's but it's that representation it, but because the skin's slightly darker it's easy just to blame them. Just like when people were having protests in, the, you know, forest fields, uh, and I was like, oh well, now it's you know, it's the, the infections are go gonna go up, and then we were also like rightly pointing out that people were going down to where is it in Devon that you that you mentioned when you had a proper go, that beach, Eli J. Oh, uh, what Bournemouth Beach? Yeah, wasn't that was it? What's Bournemouth? Was it Devon? Anyway. You, or was oh, it oh, oh shit! Yeah, Dirtle Door. Yeah. They're yeah. Fucking, Sorry, I, I forgot mean, which one that, you meant. Then. I mean, that could have been a, a, a mix of people. It wasn't just all white, but you can just see how nothing's been said about the people going to the beaches. Then people that were going to the beaches during the heat wave last week. Probably the people that will be going to the beaches in the heat wave this week. You know, people in Cornwall at the moment are pleading with people to fuck off because people are going there and not wearing masks because they're thinking well i need to get away from all this coronavirus where i live i shall not you know i'm going to this where it's supposed to be for some reason cornwall and the coast have no fucking coronavirus or cases but uh, you know the people in cornwall are just like look please we're we'd we'd like the tourism but we're getting scared now i know that one of the stories that came out of there recently because 
the vast majority of like Cornwall's economy comes from tourism and the fact it's not there has like essentially killed a lot of the industry there. So by all means, like they need, if we're going to, Hey, fuck capitalism moment here. If we're going to keep following this system, then absolutely people do need to go there and people do need to spend money there, but it's just people are not being responsible and people are not respecting people's distance and people are not acting safely. And that, begins the issues where you're going to see these spikes in these areas and also much like the dirtle door issue that i mentioned god knows how many weeks ago when there were those issues there it's an isolated location so it's very difficult to get people out there to help and this is why i think people don't realize like it's just it's, it's just brought out the selfishness in a lot of people like they're kind of like well i'm all right so i don't really care about anyone else completely agree with Dan it's it's all down to an element of selfishness where it's say it's people looking out for themselves which to be fair people should absolutely do but not at the behest and not at the sacrifice of looking out for everybody else around you and you kind of hope you kind of hoped and I'll be honest I was a little bit optimistic at the beginning of this with how everybody started to like work together through this that this was going to be like the tipping point of that, like for all the shit that coronavirus has caused, it's brought us all together more, even though it's usually behind a computer screen or on a Zoom call, but it's making us all work together for, to quote Hot Fuzz here, the greater good. But then they started, then all this mass debate started and then the pubs reopened and their life is more important than yours in their mind. And it's like, we're all in this together and no one really seems to take that into account, especially in like the local park where I live, where what's the guidance at the moment for like outdoor meeting? It's up to six households, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah. yeah. Bridgeford Park, West Bridgeford, Ruth Edwards, if you're listening, there is there was like a party of like 50 people. An actual party like with tables and stuff. Yeah, like a bunch of like fold-out camping tables. They'd all laid them out in the middle of the park. Two barbecues roaring. Bunch of like bunch of people getting pissed. Without a better way of saying it, it's like you're ruining it for the rest of us. It's the equivalent of like that one fucking kid in your class in primary school that just kept playing up. So the teacher keeps the whole class behind at lunch because it's yeah, like I know what you mean. Going yeah, to affect the majority. Like and they don't, and obviously they don't, they don't see that, so they just keep pissing about. And they don't see everyone's getting really fucking pissed off around them. And they just think it's like a joke. Like everyone's yeah. finding it funny. And maybe there are some that are finding it funny first, but then, you know, it's half, yeah, no, is it half 12 and you've not had your lunch yet. So you're starting to get a bit fucking hungry. And you're like, <laughs> okay, fucking can we go now? Stop pissing about. The um, bit about all of this that made me chuckle so much. One of my friends on Facebook, um, won't name him, because it's more a bit of a laughing at them situation here. But um, I feel like everybody's using the word, the phrase social distancing, like it's a kind of buzzword, but not actually really following the rules. When he posted on Facebook, like a selfie of him and his um, wife and like another couple that they were meeting saying that, oh, social distancing club. But they were like really close to each other in like a group of 10 people. It's like, fuck's sake. Oh, mate. Uh, You've not very understood. Of... You've not very understood the point there. No. Since like you know, <laughs> bars, pubs, clubs have been opening, I've seen many 
a, a group photo turn up on Facebook of like at least six people that I know aren't in the same household or you know faces touching in like for a selfie or getting like a picture taken by someone else I'm like dear god what's going on <laughs> like why yeah you know what I don't, I'll admit that I've probably been out and about more than anyone else on this podcast like I've been going to pubs more all that sort of stuff like yeah I, I, I'm probably interacting with more people than anyone else on here still within the rules still within how everything's supposed to be but yeah you can and it's proof that you can do it within the rules very very easily because that's what I'm doing like I've been out and about and met up with friends and all that stuff but just at a distance so enough words to take Dolby's catchphrase before he gets to use it people are fucking stupid Damn it, <laughs> anyway, uh, Dolby, have you got a prick for us? So mine is aimed more at a group of people. So mine's the Portland Police Department. Uh, I don't know if you've been keeping up with what's going on in Portland in America, but it's essentially violence, night after night after night after night, where police are attacking protesters, um, shooting them in the face with various um, anti-riot sort of weaponry, so rubber bullets, tear gas, smoke grenades. Uh, anything horrible that you can think of essentially they're being shot at them uh, AJ Plus did a really interesting sort of video documentary about it and there's a Twitter account that I massively recommend following um, I write OK so the letter I then the word write then OK the two letters it's a journalist called Robert Evans whose work I've quoted on here quite a few times before anyway who actually lives in Portland and is going out in these protests night after night and live streaming essentially what's happening pointing out to the world the horrible things that the way that these federal agents and the army and the Portland Police Department orchestrating to essentially take down people that are trying to fight for people's civil rights and the right to be alive. I can't really put into words the sort of stuff that these people have been going through, to be honest with you. I wouldn't be able to do it justice. The the footage is there online for everybody to see uh, on yeah. that Twitter account, especially that I've mentioned. And I would suggest looking at it because it will blow your mind the sort of stuff that's going on there. Yeah, I, mean, um... I saw a, a video of a, a black gentleman at the you know protest, very eloquently putting to whoever was asking him. I don't know if it was Robert Evans that I've seen it from, but he was saying we turned up here in t-shirts and they gassed us. So we came back with respirators, so they started shooting us. So we came back with vests, then they started aiming for the head. Then we came back with helmets. So can you tell me who's escalating? You could see there was anger there, but it was very calmly put across. And it just shows, you know, they're just there to protest. And then oh, these things are happening. So they come back prepared, like, you know, with respirators and masks, so they won't be getting gas. And then so the police department starts shooting them with rubber bullets. So I was like, well, be armoured so we can still be here. And then also, like you were saying, shooting, <laughs> aiming for the head. So that, you know, why? And then I could see people in the in the mentions replying, going, well, they've been trying to set fire to the courthouse and all this. I'm like, and everyone's like going, where's the fact, you know, show me where you've read this or found this. It's like, you know, that there's a reason they're protesting day and night there. Yeah. And well, he on the latest episode of his podcast, you know, he was saying, um, I'm a bit flustered and, and not as prepared for this podcast. I would normally be because I've taken up a new job, which is getting shot in the face repeatedly by federal police. Is um, that very fundamental misunderstanding from a lot of people where defunding the police isn't 
about getting rid of them. It's about reinvesting in areas that will ultimately make their job so much easier. Yeah. yeah. So again, the thing is as well, there's a, there's a very good video on YouTube uh, by a channel called Someone News that actually goes mm. into defunding the police and what it actually means. And the, the, the analogy they use on there is why are the same people that are, that if you have a drug addiction, why the same people that look after you if you have a drug addiction, the ones that are going out and shooting murderers? Why are the people who uh, go and arrest someone that's mentally ill, who is having a breakdown in the middle of the street, the same people who go on high-speed chases in essentially tanks? There's no need for those two people to be yeah. the same. That yeah, should be precisely. two different people. This is fucked. It's... Um... <laughs> speaking with my dad over the past couple of weeks the news coming out of america came up in conversation and there's one thing that i will always say and one thing that a lot of us probably think but don't really want to say because you don't necessarily want to compare yourself to like other countries because yeah you do feel bad for people going through these situations but then you look at your own situation and your own country and you're like at least i'm not america Oh, yeah, I understand what you mean totally. <laughs> right. Like, right. Not only all of this shit. I mean, I know that, Leo, you retweeted a clip of it recently. Um, that fucking Donald Trump interview was shocking. Oh, God. It was... Jesus. Nowhere to start. <laughs> like, just... God, what was the key bits from it? It was just him, um, first of all, trying to, like, talk down the fact that there's, like, over... I think it's like 10,000 coronavirus cases a day in America yes. or something like that. That's what um, the journalist said. Trump's response was to fumble around with a few papers, say that they are doing better than the world, which yes, was, was quite was, a strange, strange quote. Soundbite. Tell a journalist he cannot compare case, cases um, on a population basis to... I think it was deaths. Oh, so yeah, Trump, yeah. Trump was saying that, he was saying that, they're doing deaths by cases and they're the lowest, which means they're mm. the best. And the journalist is like, but well, no, but if you look at deaths per population, you're the, you know, you're the worst. There is. He's like, well, no, you can't do that. And the guy's just like, I can't, the, the journalist is just going back. like, I can't do that. Like, <laughs> and you just sat there like, what? It reminded me a little bit of, um, I don't know if you guys remember from the past election cycle in the UK, but that really, really uncomfortable Jeremy Corbyn interview of Andrew Neil. Uh, I know the one you mean, yeah. That was yeah. torture to watch. Yes. Where it's like, it Sort-less, just felt, it? it was like very uncomfortable to watch. You could just see where it's like, yeah, this, this guy's really fucking out of his depth at the moment. Did you, uh, talking of just Jeremy Corbyn, did anyone see the, uh, the bias media? I know. I'm not going to go in completely t- to do with the failings or not of Jeremy. They show mm. they they put two pictures side by side. The picture of Jeremy Corbyn in the Russian hat and the red background that was used on was it Newsnight? Yeah, when it came up on Newsnight, I was like, "Fucking hell, yeah. you just meme then, him to be a communist." <laughs> and then there was a BBC. I think it's from like a BBC Breakfast or a BBC News segment mm. of Rishi Sunak in a Superman outfit. <laughs> and it's just like, oh fucking hell, you know. This can't oh. they can't they can't do that, you know. The BBC's issue has always been that either their quest to be as unbiased as possible makes them blind to like the obvious truth in certain stories. Yeah. And then when they get called out for it, 
they then overcorrect. And they yeah. overcorrect by like making a fucking Superman Rishi Sunak or a or Corbyn's a communist on Newsnight kind of image and graphic or misrepresenting stories or like missing key points. Yeah, they're just a joke, mate. Like the worst thing is we pay for them. It comes out of our money. Don't forget that. And they basically get paid to be lied to because that's all it is. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. On the ground level of what you get for that investment, you get all of the um, TV programming that they do, all of the radio programming. You get the local news programming, which is something on a scale that you won't see from anybody else. Like you're not going to see Netflix eats Midlands tonight kind of fucking thing. Like Netflix will never ever do that. And no private TV channel will ever do that either. And also the nation's best babysitting tool, CBBS. But you already see, like, the left and the right are united in saying defund the BBC, which means that something is going wrong and they absolutely need to do a better job. At least we're united on something. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. That concludes Pick a Prick. So now that we've got all that shit out of our systems, join us after the break as we get into some good news. And we now get into some good news. And we kick things off with a little bit of good news from Dolby. So mine, um, it's kind of a news story that has slipped by me. So you might have heard of it. But um, So there's a woman who lives in Vancouver in Canada who was moving house. And when she was moving, one of her bags was stolen like off the side of the street. And it had a teddy bear in it that she's had for about 10 years. I know mm. it doesn't sound like too big of a deal to most people, but uh, her mother had passed away uh, about 11, 10 years ago, and she'd recorded her, her voice and put it inside the bit so she could still hear her mum's voice after she'd passed away. Um, so she posted on Twitter about trying to get it back, and Ryan Reynolds came across the tweet and retweeted it out to his millions of followers and offered a $5,000 reward for its safe return. So once he got on board, uh, the woman whose name is Mara Soriano received mm-hmm. an anonymous um, message from someone saying that they had it. And uh, yeah, they, it was returned to her, safe and sound. It turns out that it wasn't that they weren't the people that stole it. They bought it from somebody at a yard sale. Ryan Reynolds was true to his word. He uh, gave the woman and her child $5,000 uh, return it safe and sound in one piece. So it's a bit of a short and sweet one, but I think it's quite uplifting. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, oh, I'm just looking at the teddy bear as well. Very, very cute. <laughs> I know, it's fucking adorable. So with that uplifting story, Jason, what have you got for us? I know that it was much to the annoyance of the broader British public, but Back in 2015, big supermarkets in England all were forced by government law to introduce a 5p charge for the use of single-use plastic bags. And 
while it was annoying at the beginning, I think that everybody largely understood at the beginning. It was primarily for the purpose of reducing our use of plastic bags. I come back with some rather positive numbers that the number of single-use plastic bags distributed by big supermarkets in England has fallen by more than 95% since 2015, according to the latest figures, which it's not 100%, and everybody would love to be at 100%, and I'd love to see everybody using paper bags like Morrison's is doing at the moment. But it's a pretty damn good start, and it's one of the many things that we as a country are doing to do our part, yeah, helping fend off negative climate change. Yeah, I think that's a very good story. Like people, I think, are coming around to it now. And the amount of people you see going to the shops with their own bags and all that stuff, like people are starting. I mean, it's taken about five years, but people are really starting to like to commit to it now. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. The annoyance coming off the back of this is that my cupboard on the landing is just chock full of bags for life. Because I will always like forget one at some point and then end up having to like create a tower of bags for life at home. But I'm ready. I'm ready for a giant shop as and when I need to do one. At least when the next pandemic cracks off, you'll be ready for panic buying. <laughs> I'll be ready to buy all the loo roll. That concludes the good news. So rather than diving into a commercial break, we will barrel straight on forward into this week's pub quiz. So now that we have the quiz master extraordinaire. Dan Dolby on this podcast. Take it away. Okay, so the highlight of this week has been that the NHL has come back, and it now means I'm staying up on that watching hockey, so that can only be healthy. Right, so the theme for this week's quiz is NHL cities or team names. So, uh, for example, you have like the Boston Bruins, the Florida Panthers, the Dallas Stars, the LA Kings, things like that. So the answer to each question is either going to be a city with an NHL team or the nickname of a team within the NHL. So does that kind of make a bit of sense? Because I realised the description I put in the notes was quite vague. <laughs> it comes from um, the background of someone. I think my main experience with NHL is when I played NHL 97 on the PS1. And I think that's about as far as my experience goes. So. Well, basically, um, a few more franchises since then. So <laughs> just remember what teams there were in '97. I think you'll be all right. Well, it shouldn't really, <laughs> most of the questions are related. To, uh, they don't actually need to. You don't even need to have any sort of knowledge about NHL. It's simply that that's what the theme is for the answers. The questions are all mostly like general knowledge, anyway. Apologies to the listeners at home for all the dead air in between questions. While me and Leo are just like, "What the fuck is the answer to this?" Right. <laughs> best. So say you want to fly for my normal quizzes, say your name if you want to answer the question and then uh, give you answer. You get it wrong, you're frozen out. But it shouldn't take us on this time because there's only two of you playing the game. Yes. So question number one, what is the name of the Tom Hanks film telling the story of a gay man dealing with AIDS? Jason. Yep. Philadelphia? Philadelphia is correct. Hey. Course. Of course, a reference to the Philadelphia Flyers. So, next one. Complete the famous film quote that's become a well-known meme on the internet. It's said by Liam Neeson in the recent Clash of the Titans film. Release the... Leo. Yep. Kraken? Yep, release the Kraken. The uh, latest <laughs> NHL team, the Seattle Kraken. Very Ooh. nice jersey they've got. 
tied at one apiece after two questions. So, question number three. Which American city is home to musicians Diana Ross, Stevie Wonder, and Eminem? Leo. Yep. Detroit. It is Detroit. Whoop, whoop. Damn, so Leo. Leo's two on up. So this is a bit of an obs- this is this is probably the most obscure question in the quiz. So what band were behind the two the year two thousand single Frontier Psychiatrist? Oof. One of the finest songs ever made. I know this. I know this. What's the answer then? <laughs> I don't know. I can't think. I'm going to have to rush you for time because there's no such day like Daddy. Uh, Jason. Yep. The Avalanches? Yeah, the Avalanches is right. As hey. in the Colorado Avalanche. She tied it 2 2 four questions. <laughs> right, question number five. Which American state is home of the first ever totally online university? Yep. California? Incorrect. Jason? Yep. Uh, Seattle? Washington? Incorrect. It is Arizona. Oh. As referenced in the terrible film The Internship, they call it the Harvard of the Internet. Right. <laughs> so this is a, a bit of an English language question for you here. The first letter at the start of a sentence, uh, the start of a person's name or a proper noun is what sort of letter? Jason. E- yeah. A capital. Capital, as in the Washington Capitals. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Right. Question number seven. Tiger, basking, bull, and black tip are all species of what animal? Leo. Yep. Sharks. Shark. They are sharks, as in the San Jose sharks. So you're all tied up with two questions left. Oh. Right. So this, this, this is a, this is going to test how big emo kids used to be. So... In the hit Death Cab for Cutie song, I will follow you into the dark. Two cities are referenced. Bangkok and which Canadian city? Jason. Yep. Calgary? Calgary is correct, as in the Calgary yes. Flames. <laughs> so, I, never, I never used to like Death Cab. Who doesn't like Death Cab, Leo? Grow up. Sorry, I'm sorry. Right, <laughs> question, question number nine. Both the New York Jets and the New York Giants play their home games at MetLife Stadium, which has also hosted two WrestleManias. What state is the stadium actually in? Leo. Yep. New Jersey. New Jersey is correct, so we're going to go to a playoff. Right, what what we're going to do with this one is we're going to go sudden death. So I've got a list of five names here that I and... So basically, it's quite simple. Are these real team names, ice hockey team names, or not real, or have I just made them up? What I do is I'll ask one to one of you. If you get it right, the next person has to get it right to stay in the game. So, uh, who wants to go first? Jason, as a host, I'll let you decide if you want to go first or second. Uh, I'll, I'll go first. I'll get it out of the way. Okay, so... 
the Victoria Salmon Kings. Hmm. Real. That is a real team, yes. Hey. Leo. The Greenville Growl. And that is Growl spelt with three R's. Real or fake? Fake? No, it is real. They are a real item. They are a real <laughs> minor league hockey team in America. Um, so, Jason, I'm actually our winner this week. Ooh, what were the other three? So, I'll give. So, there's two of these are real and one of them's fake. I'll give you the names. So, there was the Moose Jaw Warriors, the Medicine Hat Tigers, and the Seattle Sockeyes. Sockeyes gonna... are real, aren't they? So, which one do you think is the fake one, Leo? Um. Not the medicine one, the other one. The Moose Jaw Warriors? Yes. And Jason, which one would you think was fake out of those? Uh, the medicine ones. No, so Moose Jaw and Medicine Hat are both places in Canada. So there's the Moose yeah. Jaw Warriors and the Medicine Hat Tigers. The Seattle Sockeyes was a rejected name for the Seattle Kraken. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> What what is it with fucking NHL team names? <laughs> so, so the sockeye, the sockeyes are like a, a type of fish that's found off the coast of Seattle, and uh, that was what they're going to call them. But Jerry Bruckheimer owns the Seattle Se- Kraken, and obviously it's a Kraken yeah. in parts of the Caribbean, so that, that's why they're called uh, the Kraken. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I remember so that people have already down the line. People have already started calling their. Uh, Fans crackheads, so it's already started to go downhill. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking ice hockey teams, man. All right, good question. Let's move good on for <laughs> Good quiz, Dolby. Good quiz. And that's that's our show. That's a more chilled out version of the virtual pub. Did you enjoy the show? Do go ahead and subscribe to the show and give us a five star review. Start your review with I really liked those. I really like the show when there were those three handsome people on there just talking about socialism all the time. And we'll take that as a hearty compliment and we'll do more of these in the future. If you'd like to support us elsewhere, we are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, uh, um, Heart Radio, and I can't remember names of other podcast services. Google Podcasts, that's another one. And I think we're on about 40 different podcast services at the moment. Something like that. It's um, We're all over the shop. So you can literally listen to us from wherever you are because you can't be in the pub at all times, even though I know that you'll probably really like to be in the pub at all times. But we can do our best to bring the pub to you. And... To you! <laughs> we've all missed doing that as you can hear ladies and gentlemen if you want to follow us you can find us at virtual pub pc on facebook twitter and instagram you can find me at mr jason england on facebook and twitter and i also do stream quite regularly on twitch if you like your dose of terrible terrible retro games while i wear shit shirts dolby where can we find you you can find me on instagram and twitter at unlikely dan uh, warning if you do follow me there's going to be lots of ice hockey and socialist propaganda so just know you're getting <laughs> you filthy lefty and Leo where can we find you you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at burning paper heart that's burning without the G heart without the E and you say that you're an emo with that username and you didn't know it was Calgary 
And we thank you all for taking the time to listen to this more laid back show. And as we finish our pints and the bell rings for last orders, we're all going to head off. So stay safe, guys. We'll see you all in the next one. Take care. Bye. Bye.